Yeah, so lightening the mood slightly. You miss the silly things like curry. Hello and welcome back to a Sideways Live podcast, the honest guide to living and working abroad. I'm Leanne. And I'm Al. And sorry, mm-hmm. been away a little while. Quite a while actually, probably just about six weeks all in all. Shockingly, our last episode was May 14th. So dear, that's not good. That is about six weeks, isn't it? <laughs> it's a little bit longer, I think. But for good reason. We have been back in the UK, our home country, for the first time properly, like, mm-hmm. since the pandemic, since Christmas 2019. So we had a fair bit of catching up to do. So I'm sure you'll forgive us, listeners, for prioritising ourselves, our family, our friends, and just immersing ourselves back into what life used to be before the global shit show that was COVID-19. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know whether you, listener, are the same, whether you've um, you've not been back to your home country because of this. I mean, we went back and um, I hadn't seen Leanne's parents for two and a half years. Uh, you hadn't seen mine for two and a half years. Uh, we couldn't go back at Christmas because of, like you said, Omicron or something it was. I don't know if that's a transformer mm. or, mm. yeah. Um, and so it was all a little bit weird. Um, so we thought... Um, over a couple of gins earlier this week, we thought maybe we should do an episode on what we think or what the seven things we learned about going back for the first time properly in about two and a half years. Yeah, just just the things we learn about going back to our home country after so long. I think the moments of reflection, realisation, good stuff, bad stuff, in the middle stuff, just stuff we learn. It's always good to reflect on things you learn, I think. Absolutely. So going forward, um, back on our normal schedule, we have a lovely guest on next week, who I'll tell you about shortly. Uh, Very interesting. Uh, A nomad mother or an expat mother. I'm not sure if that... My mum's called Pat, so if she lived abroad, would she be expat Pat? Well, we've already spoken to expat Pat on the podcast. That's true. That's true. So she wouldn't be the OG expat Pat. (laughs) And I can't imagine that would sit well. No, I can't. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Um, if you uh, if you remember back to Christmas, I called her the Duchess at one point, and I got such a bollocking for that. Apparently, Jimmy Savile, um, I, I think that most people around the world have heard of him, called his mother the Duchess, and so therefore, um, it's yes, it, it didn't go down well. So um, we have to be careful how we refer to my mother from now on. She shall not be the Duchess nor expat Pat. <laughs> anyway, moving on. All right. So, do you want to do this one by one, like you take one, I take two? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So, do you want to crack on with number one, or or do you want me to? I will do number one, yeah. Okay. So, what was the first thing that you... of? Is this seven? Have we got seven of these? We've got about seven, I think, yeah. Lovely. The first of seven of things that you learnt when you were back in your home country. Go, Leah. My home country is the UK, and what I learn is it's fucking expensive. I mean, I mean, now we knew, of course, that we we were able to live a, a certain level of quality of life on a lower budget living in countries that we've lived in um, over the past few years, mainly in Europe, but also in Southeast Asia. And you get your little pockets of expense for sure. Um, but my God, the UK is expensive. It Just from the minute we got off the ferry which is another fucking story but the minute we got off the ferry it was like everyone was just like 
it was like I turned into a con- like contactless debit card and everything I walked <laughs> past went beep, beep, another £20, another £30, another £100. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think, mind you, I guess context. First time we've been back for a long time. It was probably two and a half years of trips wrapped into one. It was missed Christmases, missed birthdays, missed everything. So we didn't hold back. We had three weeks of of a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But we paid for that, my friend. Yes, we did. It was, but it was silly little things like you just go and buy like a bar of chocolate, for example, that maybe I'm misremembering it, but I don't remember it being like 80 pence for a dairy milk or something. I don't think it's 80 pence. I think you're looking like £1.50 or something. Costa coffee, my God. Yeah. That's definitely gone up because I used to get a Costa like every other day going into work and I couldn't have afforded that back then. That's one thing in Europe, which we've spent the predominant amount of our time in Europe, is that coffee, um, there's a couple of cute, cool things about coffee, uh, pre- mainly in Spain, the first part of it, is in Spain you can sell alcohol without a license. This is our understanding. Don't open a loft license till you double-check that. But you can't sell coffee without a license. You need to have a license to sell coffee. It's a very, very serious situation. So, but not only, but the second part of it is that coffee isn't that expensive to like to buy in a coffee place. So there are there are rarely Starbucks or um, or Costas in Europe, uh, particularly Spain and Italy because and Croatia because why would they be? Um, so you can go into a little bar, a tiny little bar that doesn't look great from the outside. You're going to have a coffee just as good as Starbucks, just as good as Costa. And it's probably going to cost you about a euro to a euro and 20 for a coffee. Now, you compare that to what what was flat white in? Was it three pounds? Three pounds something, yeah. That only lasts two sips. And that's about what? Four and a half, five dollars, US dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe about eight or nine Australian dollars. It was just incredibly expensive. It was. And of course, with the with the increases in fuel prices, it didn't help our cause that we were bobbing from Manchester to Lincoln to North Wales to Scotland to Lincoln to North Wales again. So um, we spent a fair bit in fuel. Um, yeah, everything really. Thank, thank God we spent most of our time staying with family and friends. Because mm-hmm. I think if we'd have added on like hotel Airbnb onto that, I would, it would be an eye-watering amount that we'd be, we would have spent on that trip. It would be. Now, what's interesting, actually, about your Airbnb thing is that if if you, as in <laughs> you, listener, I wish there was like a pronoun for listener, <laughs> uh, Lou, um, is that if you have been away and you're thinking of going back post-pandemic to your home country, Airbnbs are no longer the cheaper option because people are doing these vaca- staycations, aren't they? Is that what, it, what it's called? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're so trying to get a two-bed... We, we looked for a cottage somewhere in Manchester, um, and the closest we could get was, like, north of Bolton, and it was around about £3,000 for the month or something, maybe 4000 It was extremely expensive compared to over here where... <clears throat> excuse me, where in Spain, for about £2,000, you can get a... You know, a, we were in a two-bedroom um, place. No, sorry, one-bedroom place, uh, but it's right by the sea. So, I mean, that is something else to consider as well. It is. It is. It's um, yeah. And I think that was a. It was a. It was a timely reminder for us that cost of living is cheaper abroad. Although it is, of course, going up, and it depends where you are. Um, but comparatively, we can have a much better quality of life for our budget than we could in our home country and I think that's probably one of the main things or reasons that come up when people are starting to think about living and working abroad absolutely 
Okay, so that was Peanut, by the way, just shaking his head. He wants to be on the podcast. So um, number two, the second thing, or the first thing I noticed, number two in our list, was that with true friends, you just sort of pick up where you left off because we haven't seen friends for two, and most of our friends we haven't seen for two and a half years because we just came back and saw our individual parents 18 months ago and then didn't see anyone else for fear of catching the lurgy and giving them COVID or something. So we didn't see anyone. But with true friends, you just sort of just meet up and go, all right. And they go, yeah, yeah, no problem, yeah, 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 pint, yeah, okay, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that's, well, did you find that? Definitely, it was so lovely and reassuring as well, I'll be honest, I was not nervous about seeing my friends again, but I was saying to you when we were we were, we were waiting for, for one of our friends, I had like little butterflies, it's like, is it going to be the same? Are we going to have things to talk about? And of course it is, and of course mm-hmm. we do, because those friendships have been on years and years. Um, so of course it is. So I guess that's it. If you are feeling perhaps a little bit anxious, a little bit unsure about how, how your return will be and what your friendship will be like, Obviously, we can't speak for everybody, but for us, we felt those feelings too, and it was unnecessary. As you say, we picked up exactly where we left off. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, true friends, they're they're your champions for the life you've got. And if someone is talking shit about you behind your back or is um, has got snarky comments to make, etc., etc., about the life you're living, they're not really a friend, and you just kind of have to sadly say goodbye. Soon, well, probably sooner rather than later. Yeah, sadly. Anyway, so that's my number two. <laughs> my number two. <laughs> what, what have you? How got? was your number two? <laughs> it was. It was satisfying. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> what? What about you? What have you got? What's yours? Next one. So number three, and I think it's maybe like a, an extension of number two, is I had a real realization moment stood chatting to to my friends and just thinking my god we sacrifice a lot for this life so much and I think we've sacrificed more given the pandemic normally we wouldn't have gone that long without seeing friends normally we would be going back for various reasons and and whether it be gigs or meetups or birthdays or celebrations so it is a I had to remind myself that the sacrifices we've all made over the last two and a half years are greater than we normally make. But just everything from realizing what you miss out on, the times, the fun times that people have without you, whether that just be going for dinner or going to a gig, um, how much people go through and you're not really there for them. You are because you're chatting, but you know, there's things that people won't necessarily share over video calls or over the phone or, or understandably they'll reach out to people who are physically there. Um, just the life, the social life, the work opportunities as well. We sacrifice a lot for this life. And I think we've, we've said this so many times before and we look at our, um, our roadmap, our first level why is always first because if you don't fully appreciate your why and what you're gaining because you are giving something up, if you're not clear on what you're gaining, man, it's hard. Even when you are clear, man, it's hard. Yeah, and I think that if you want to add more things to your life, unless your life is pretty empty, then you're going to have to take things away. And when you're physically not going to be somewhere, then, you know, you, you're going to miss out on 
um, nieces, nephews who are growing older. You're going to miss out on family events. You're going to miss out on spending time with your parents. If you're a bit older like us, then, um, then you know, it, these times are important. And so I think it's really important that whoever's going into this journey understands that there are sacrifices to be made and you do give up a lot to be to have this kind of life. Definitely. And I think if, you know, if you've gone through a similar experience recently, we'd love to hear from you in terms of perhaps steps you've made to make less sacrifices or what you're doing to equal the balance a little bit. I know it's certainly on my mind when I can next get back to the UK or organise meetups elsewhere. Um, yeah, it's something that I do not want to go another another year, let alone two and a half years without being there, without you know, true friends are true friends. You're left at where you're picked off if you continue to invest in that relationship. And I feel like I have, I've made a lot of withdrawals and I haven't made a lot of deposits recently. And I need to, for my own well-being and, and sense of self, to invest a little bit more in perhaps not sacrificing quite so much. That's a really good point about the bank. I like that idea. Because time is very time is time is linear, isn't it? You can't be in two places at once. So if you're in one place, you by defining by physics, you cannot be in another. So if you are deciding you want to go and live in Vietnam for a month, then you are all, you're necessarily going to miss the other stuff that's happening back in your home country. And I think this idea of bank, where you might deposit all these amazing memories. You have to also offset that against the memories that you're missing out from mm -hmm. home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. it does. I really like that analogy of the bank. We might uh, we might expand that later on. Mm -hmm. Maybe. <clears throat> okay, so uh, shall I go on to number four? Yeah. One of the things that we discovered was that even though despite the fact that you're sacrificing a lot, despite the fact that it was quite expensive back in the UK, all these things almost confirm that you have made the right choice. If you go back in month one, in year one, two, three of living and working abroad, you're probably going to have some kind of realization that, oh my God, I'm missing out on so much. But I think that once you get past year three, then the rest of it just confirms that we're making the right decision in this life that actually we are just as happy if not happier in other places and potentially with you know happy to deal with just the two of us talking most of the day um, not being able to speak the language brilliantly all kinds of other experiences etc etc what do you think I think you're right I think it, it's I think if you are living this life, if you want to live this life, something that, that has certainly helped us is having these moments of reflection and walking through them. And I'm not sure if you've ever heard of something called toxic positivity, when people can think, oh, no, I've got a brilliant life, so don't even spend time reflecting on the, the downsides or, mm. or empathizing with people who are missing you. Or, And I think it's it's really important to have a rounded view of the life that you're living, where the gaps are, where the sacrifices are, where the right choices are, and talking yourselves through them. And we've had so many conversations the last three weeks, like, did we make the wrong decision? Should we have stayed in Manchester? Should we have done this? Should we have stayed in Spain? 
once Brexit happened, we'd have residency here now. Our Spanish would be amazing. Oh my God, could you imagine that? And it's like, yes, but if you would have made different decisions, you would have had different experiences. And ultimately, the experiences that we've had, good and bad, we've we've loved, it's shaped us, it's helped us grow for a risk of being a bit cheesy. Um, but yeah, ultimately, you know, it's it's a balance. And on balance, it's it's confirmed that we have made the right choice. We've not been able to make the right or good choices over the last two and a half years because of the pandemic. But on balance, we, we do have a really great life. You did ask us that. Um, I think because we just arrived in Spain about four weeks ago and we spent maybe five years in Spain building a life and then Brexit happened and we kind of saw our asses and we were like, <laughs> no, no, we've had enough. And then we decided to visit every country in Europe before Brexit happened. And the pandemic stopped us from seeing the last final like three or four of them. But we did get round most of them. Um, bearing in mind that, that we before that we may have been to France and Italy and that was kind of like it. So we got to really cool places like Montenegro and um, Albania, um, Lithuania, Estonia, you know, really cool places like that. Um, however, Leanne asked me this question. She said, now if we, if she said a couple of weeks ago, if we had stayed in Spain, then as you just said there, our language would be brilliant, not brilliant, but it'd be much, much better than it is now. Um, and we probably would have got residency. What, would you have changed anything over the last four or five years to have the residency? And I don't think I even thought about it. I was like, no, because we wouldn't have had these amazing experiences. We wouldn't have been able to talk about what it's like to live in Belgrade, Beograd in Serbia. We wouldn't know what Slivovica was. We wouldn't know um, what how we hadn't. We didn't, wouldn't have tasted smoked fish on these on 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 the spit in um, Lithuania. All these cool sort of experiences. So, I think you're right. It's like we said before. There's going to be a trade-off, but. Can you just finish off, conclude my, my thoughts there? But there's going to be upsides <laughs> as well. And I think perhaps one of the the biggest upsides that I've maybe experienced is because you're not in the... And do you know what? It's probably a combination of going from... How old was I when we moved abroad? 28 to 37. Oh, my God. You look great for that. Thanks. But going from kind of your late 20s to your <clears throat> late 30s, um, it, it, it is, you know, you start to evaluate things differently. You you know, when you're in your 20s, you're chasing the dollar, you're chasing the success, you're trying to really establish yourself in your career, you're getting swept away by people's new cars and houses and, and, and all these other things. And I think when you remove yourself from that situation for, for a period of time, it certainly helped me kind of detach myself that phase I was in in my early, in my late twenties. But then also as time goes on, and I, I don't know as well whether it's maybe speaking to other people who have made significant career change or life changes later on to facilitate this life. For me at 35, I was like, well, I want to now prioritize this aspect of my career. Mm. So I'm going to do it. Would I have made that decision if I'd have been in the, the, confines of the UK where it is just a different pace and priorities and quite rightly because you I mean look at the cost of living crisis now right the people that are going to be okay the people have worked their asses off our age and now in a comfortable position so it, it's it's not about right or wrong I just think for again reflecting on okay I've missed out on this but I have gained this is a really healthy way to just help you just digest this crazy crazy life. 
That's a really, really good way of putting it, I think. Uh, and I think that, I mean, my, my next point here, are we, are we ready to move on to the next one? Am I yeah. jumping the gun? Um, your point was, um, your point was that um, you confirm that, sorry, I'm, I'm just looking at my notes here. Which we said this is confirmed you made the right choice in, yeah. in lifestyle. What I, my next point is kind of almost going to sound like it's going to be the opposite of that because it makes you doubt whether you've made the right choice. And I guess that's what we actually just kind of unintentionally segued mm. into, wasn't it? Was it? It is that, it is that, that wonder, did we? What would life look like? But then I want, is that just a symptom of every life? Does everyone think, I wonder what would have happened if I'd have stayed with them or got taken that job or moved here? Yeah, I suppose you're right. Is that is that not like a function of human life, a part of it that you will always regret because we talked about this time being a linear thing where you can only be one place at a time, so therefore you're necessarily moving, missing out every to every minute you spend doing something else. You're necessarily missing out on an infinite number of other things you could be doing. So does that mean that we are, as humans, we are ultimately going to be a little bit disappointed and melancholy? Well, maybe. At this point, Leanne and I normally just pass a fake <laughs> joint to each other. <laughs> there you go. Totes, bro. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Maybe. I mean, I guess we we do. You know, we we. It's easier to see the negatives in the situation. The whole fight flight argument, I guess, from an evolutionary perspective. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is just part of it. But I think as well, it's. I think that wonder if you've made the right decision, it is, can often be fueled a lot by guilt. Mm. And again, probably quite rightly, because if you're not present enough to actually understand the sacrifices you're making and the impact your choices are having on other people. I mean, think back to that episode of Apodmas where um, Pat Elliott, Al's mum, was on the podcast and she reflected on how, you know, us having expat children actually puts more <clears throat> pressure on the siblings to kind of be there because they're physically there. So you do feel that element of guilt and you think, God, is, have we done the right thing? Are we putting too much pressure on our siblings to be there when when things happen, good or bad? Um, so I think that's the issue with that is that there is always going to be a healthy dollop of guilt along with each of the decisions you make to have this life. But I think that's it. It is a healthy dollop because if the danger is you start to veer into a very selfish place where you are making all of your decisions for you and perhaps not quite thinking about the broader broader picture and broader circumstance. And I think that's how I'm feeling right now, to be honest. I think I feel a bit guilty. I think it's... And I, I, know, I, I hope it's from the pandemic and the situations that we were in. We were all in. But I do feel guilty that I have, I have made a lot of selfish decisions over the last two and a half years. But I think we all have to make selfish decisions and I think the majority of people do make decisions that are selfish. It's just that those which we can't necessarily contribute to, like a, a problem that someone on the ground can deal with and we can't, just emphasises that. But there's probably, they have lots of, re, lots of selfish decisions they've made. And I think what's by having these regrets shows, first of all, that you are thinking about them. And secondly, by going back to, the, to your home country and thinking, have I made the right decision? I think it's a very healthy way 
to look at things because you should always be questioning your life. Some of the most unhappy people we met as expats when we first moved to Spain were the ones who were saying, oh my God, never going back. This is just the life for me. This is what I'm doing from now on. Oh, I can't believe people don't, more people don't do it. They're all idiots living in the UK or US or Australia or whatever it is. And they were ultimately the least happy and the most likely to go back to their home country. So I think that it's very smart to question. First of all, question your decision from every angle. And secondly, if you do feel guilty, it shows that you actually feel. Mm. It shows that you are being empathetic. Is that the right word? Empathic? Yeah, I think I think you're right. And also as well, you know, this reflection can help us make different decisions in the future. It's... um. And like we've always said, you know, you make the best decisions that you can in the moment you can with the resources that you have. And mm-hmm. I think we've all experienced that to an extreme over the last couple of years. And now we're finding ourselves in different circumstances with different resources. So we're going to be able to make different decisions. Absolutely. So is it your turn for number six? Yeah. So lightening the mood slightly. <laughs> you miss the silly things like curry. Oh, yes. my God. Manchester is the outside of India. To be fair, (laughs) the best place to get like a, is it classes like South Asian curry, like India, Bangladesh type. Mm. It's just so good. And do you know what? The food in general in Manchester is outstanding. Really good. There are so many good foodie spots there now. Um, That's some of the best food I've had in a long, long time in that trip. Yeah, I think we because we ate out probably about three quarters of the of the time we were there because we that's were, why it was expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was um, seventy quid for lunch. How did that happen? Didn't even have a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you're you're right. the The food is incredible. We have missed curry because it's it's funny if you move to a particular European country, then you'll find there's certain things you just can't get. Like mm-hmm. in Croatia, it's almost impossible to find any kind of curry. Yes. And if you do find it, it tends to be the sort of <laughs> tinned curry that your mother used to make and throw in a pan and put some rice on. We had the same in Spain. We went to this place in Spain that was pretty rubbish mm. for, for, for curry. But it, like all the expats were like, oh, we're gonna, let's go and get a curry. It's going to be brilliant. It's like all came from the same pot. It's just got oh, it's desperate times, isn't it, when you've been there <laughs> for that long? But, but yeah, and I think the other thing that I kind of missed as well, which I'd never really thought about, or I guess I hadn't thought about for a long time, is just the ease of communication interactions. Like we stopped off of the ferry when we got off and we were probably somewhere, I don't know, just north of London, mm-hmm. went to a service station, went to get a coffee, a sandwich from M&S. Um, and I think I had more like polite, positive chit chat conversation in that 10 minutes than I had in like two and a half years. Cause you try when you're in a different country, but let's be honest, it's more difficult, particularly in places where you've, I only spent a short period of time and where language is very difficult. Um, but I came out like walking on air. I was like, people are so friendly here. They're so nice. And, and and I'll be honest, after four or five days of this, I was like, this is getting annoying. Why are people mm-hmm. so friendly? Why are they asking me questions while I'm just trying to buy a cup of coffee? <laughs> like, just sure, will you? There's a, there's a stra- I don't know if it's a just Canadian and a UK thing. I don't know, but people seem to say. I know people said sorry a lot. Yeah. There was, there was one, like day two. I accidentally let a door slam on on this guy's like face, and he was carrying a cup of coffee or something, and he just had to like dodge to get out this thing and held it with his shoulder and managed to avoid spot- spilling his coffee. He looked up at me and he went, "Sorry, mate." 
And I'm like, I'm just throwing this door in your face. <laughs> Why are you apologizing to me? Um, but yeah, it is, it, you kind of, it, it accentuates or it just it help it reminds you of this kind of strange little eccentricities of our nation that mm-hmm. are pointed out by people from different nations. Yes, like the level of customer service or interest. Mm. The yes, the level of, of apologizing for doing anything right mm-hmm. or wrong in the UK. Um, was there anything else that we noticed? I can't think of anything. Well, no, I mean, there's there's lots of little things. Like, I mean, for example, just, I know this is not along the lines of what you were just saying there, but while you're thinking is a pint, like a pint of ale, you just mm-hmm. don't really get that. And I'm sorry, I know there's going to be lots of people out there going, you're an idiot, Al, because you get plenty of good ale, X, Y, and Z. But English ale, bitter, mm-hmm. just you just don't. In my opinion, you don't get anywhere else mm-hmm. as good as that. Mm. Like a speckled hen or something yeah. like that. Yep, yep, yep. I agree. I agree the level of convenience that we've talked about a lot. Everything is done online. It's just, yeah, it's funny. It's funny. I actually felt for the first time a bit like I was the foreign one in the UK. Like it's clearly my issue that it's starting to annoy me how friendly people are. <laughs> you know, it's, um, yeah, it makes you wonder, doesn't it? It does. So the last and seventh and final thing that we noticed going back to our home country was that virtual meetups, Zooms, quizzes, all that palaver, it's nowhere like, it's nowhere near meeting up someone, meeting up with someone and just sitting in front of them and hugging them and, you know, it's just not. It's, it's a good replacement, but it's nowhere near a replacement, is it? It's a great replacement. It's a replacement that I think kept us all going at, at some points and certainly a replacement that helps us stay in touch with friends and family and feel like we're, we're still in the loop and still involved in some way. Um, but yeah, the, there is nothing like sitting on the sofa with your best mates on a Sunday morning after a hell of a night out the night before with a cup of tea and saying nothing and just watching the telly and making the odd comment. And it's just... It's just that, isn't it? It's just sitting with somebody and not saying anything. That might be what I miss the most. Mm. But you know they're there, so then you can say some more catch up. And it's just that. It's just um, I guess it's just a lot more informal, isn't it? it? Can feel a bit forced virtual communication sometimes. That's a really good point because in our normal conversation, the Anne and I will be chatting, and then there'll probably be like a, a ten minute break where we think about things, and we'll come back and to, to chatting. And you couldn't really do that in Zoom. You couldn't really sort of say, sort of say, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, very good. Continue watching TV because they'd be like, are you there? Have you frozen? You know, what's going on? So I think that's a really, really good point. Okay. So shall we just quickly recap those? Yes. Do you want to do our recap, Leah? Number one, it's fucking expensive. <laughs> You've actually written that in the notes as well. I'm not just kind of... Like, Al's actually written some suggestions. Number one, it's fucking expensive. <laughs> Am I doing number two? Yeah. Sorry, I, I, <laughs> that's what the silence was. See, this is why this two-way medium just doesn't work. And number two, with uh, with true friends, you just pick up where you left off. And you do, with real good friends. And that's probably a really good gauge of whether you've got good friends or not. But when you do have good friends and family, you sacrifice a lot for this life. That's it's not... Three. 
That's what I'm saying, number three. Oh, sorry. You're not just doing number two? Yes. Structurally, yeah, and you should say, number three is... Sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Edit that out, yeah. You won't. No, I won't. Number three. <laughs> we sacrifice a lot for this life. We do. We do. Number four, going back to home country, can confirm that this life is the right choice. However. Number five. Three, four, five. Number five, <laughs> you also wonder, you stop numbering them, you number them to three and then just did dashes. Number five, you also wonder if you've made the right decision. It can cause some significant periods of reflection. It really can. Number six, you miss silly things. I say silly things, but your, your home comforts like curry. Um, good cup of tea. Good cup of tea. Warburton's orange <sighs> bread with bacon. Yeah. We went to Denmark and the bacon, in my opinion, was nowhere near as good as the Danish bacon we get in the UK. Maybe we went to the wrong bit. Of, or maybe they export all the Danish bacon to the UK. It's very popular. <laughs> and number seven... Virtual catch-up aren't a good replacement for face-to-face long-term. So if you've not been home for a while, get your ass on that bus, train, plane or automobile and go see someone. Go give them a hug. Definitely. Okay, you got any thoughts of yourself, of your own? Uh, go to your email. Go at, type in asksidewayslife at gmail.com and let us know. You can also go onto Instagram. You'll be speaking to Leanne there because she's the cool one. Uh, what's her Instagram name a sideways life a sideways life in fact we're on all the socials at sideways life so just search for a sideways life podcast and we pretty much dominate number uh, page one of google okay so just before we go i want to tell you about next week we're talking to a lovely lady called julianne who written a book called how a mother took her first step on the moon a mother's keepsake journal of advice to my children a long title but a great book and we'll be talking to her all about her expat life and Lots of other things like practical advice on how to help parents teach life skills to their own children and how she's managed to be um, a mum CEO and an expat wife. Fun fact, she's from America, so we'll be I'll be saying mum and she'll be saying mom. No, how do you say it? Mom, M-O-M. Mom, yeah. <laughs> well, there you have it. Well, I'm looking forward to that and some, hopefully some good insight stories and tips for those listeners who do have children and we simply can't help you there. But we can find you people who can and we have so look out for that for next episode in the meantime it's goodbye from Al it's goodbye from Leanne bye bye bye